Welcome to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. Hear and learn through the success of others how to build the life and business you deserve. Learn to overcome failure, what it means to seek out growth, and how to become the best possible version of yourself. And now, here's your host, coach, entrepreneur, husband and father, and author of the number one best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Jeremy Williams. And welcome back to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy. Just a quick reminder, this show comes in two formats. Real talk, it's just me and the mic, talking about things that are happening in the world and how it can impact your business. And then success talks, where I have the honor and privilege to talk to people in the, at the top of their respected industry, and they share with you what makes them successful. And today is a success talk. I'm honored to have on the show Chris Mansky. A little bit of background on Chris is he was he went to the United States Military Academy, graduated, uh, was a captain in the United States Army. Uh, following his time in service, he went over to Merrill Lynch and was very successful in helping them grow. And from that success, he founded Mansky Wealth Management back in 2012. And it's been recognized year after year as one of the nation's largest investment firms. He's also an author. He's written The Prepared Investor, and more recently, Outsmart the Money Magicians. You may have seen him in the Wall Street Journal, Texas Monthly, Forbes, Yahoo Finance, and more. He's also a keynote speaker with AARP, and he's spoken at com companies like Microsoft, IBM, Exxon, Boeing, and GE. He's a husband to an Aggie, and he's also a father of four daughters. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Great to be here. Well, I, I'm, I'm excited. You, you've got such a rich background, and I, and I can see just in the in the bio and in, in the introduction all the things that you've had had an impact. And first of all, I want to say thank you for your service. Well, I appreciate that, Chris. I wanted to talk to you today about the topic of growth, and I want to talk. I want to take two different perspectives. Uh, on this topic, and one being the perspective of growth as a person, and then the other is growth financially. And I want to start out with growth as a person. Tell me how important it is. We've got small business owners that are listening in on this podcast episode. How important is growth? Well, I don't think you can understate the importance of growth. You know, there's a lot of books that are written about how if you're not growing just by definition you're shrinking you're, you're you're never going to just stay the same change is a constant it's permanent we can't avoid change and what that means is that if you aren't growing then the, the change that's occurring for you is taking you in the other direction yeah, if you're not not growing, you're dying, right? Um, talk about some of, I, I'm looking at your path and your journey, building the successful uh, wealth management company. Tell me about some of the growth things that had to happen in your life to get you to the place you are today. Well, I think one of them is that I listened to a few mentors of mine on the subject of balance. And I approached balance and still do 
very differently from what I think is the mainstream modern idea of a balanced life. And I'm not saying that uh, my way is the right way. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that there's any one path of balance that is the right way. But there are definitely two major schools of thought. And I'm of the second. So to quick describe the first school of thought, it's the more modern, very popular idea that balances where you you have a, a list of important things in your life, like your friends and your family and your faith, uh, your career, your physical health, nutrition, you know, things like that. So you've got a list of these things, and then you give a certain amount of attention to all of them. You know, maybe you're paying attention to them on a daily basis or a weekly basis, but this is the I think the the common approach to balance. And then the second path is more of a focused path where you aren't touching all of those things on a daily or weekly basis. And instead you really dive in deep on something and exclude other things in your life for a phase, for a period of time. And it's not popular uh, nowadays, but there was a time in this nation when it was popular. You know, I think that back in the 40s and 50s, it was a, it was a very common way to look at balance. And uh, overseas, you know, the you know the Western philosophy is this is maybe Europe, and the Eastern philosophy this is maybe Asia. It's much more Eastern to think of balance in the second way, and that is where you stretch that timeline out. You're no longer thinking about days or weeks, but you're thinking about years, decades, maybe even generations. And one of my mentors who talked to me about this, he was an immigrant to the United States. And when he and I talked about the modern idea, the common idea of balance, he said, oh, well, that's just mediocrity. That's just a path to you know, you're going to be okay. But if you want more than okay, you need to do this differently. And so for him, he thought of it generationally. He saw himself toiling and working with such a focus and such a, uh, to the exclusion of many things in his life. But it was because that was his generational gift to his children and his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. And, uh, and so I really focused from uh, the years 2000 to 2007, and then again from 2012 to 2020. And during those times, I, I didn't pay attention to all of the things in my life that I could have, and instead, you know, uh, really paid a lot of attention to business, to, you know, the, my professional team, to my clients. And, uh, and, and I kind of liken it to when we think about the CEO of a publicly traded company, I mean, they're not living a balanced life. You know, they're, they're uh, really pushing with a focus, or you think of a military general during time of war, or you think of a Olympic athlete, you know, Olympic athletes, they're not living the traditional balanced life. And I, and, and so for me, you know, that path was the right one for me. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's been very rewarding and, you know, and I haven't had any 
balls drop in other areas of my life, which, you know, I think is a, a big testament to, you know, my partners at home. You know, this is my wife, uh, my daughters, um, you know, my parents. And it's also a testament to the people that I've brought into my professional life. You know, the people I work with are like my second family and we, we are very close. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if that is a, uh, a helpful start to our dialogue today, but it is a big piece of what has made my growth real. And, and I hope it's useful. I, I think that's powerful. I think it's playing the, the long game. And you, and you talk to so many, my, my profession being in business coaching is, you know, people want the result today. They want it now. And the, the path that you're taking is, I'm okay if it doesn't happen today. If it does, great. Yet you're working towards it over a period of time. And like you said, it might be months, years, you know, maybe generations. And what do you think, though, causes people to, to have that mindset of, I've, I've got to fix everything now? Well, one of the things I think that gets people to think that it has to happen now is a, uh, a lack of humility. You know, when, when, you, when you think that, you know, the world revolves around you or that, you know, you're the bee's knees and everything that you think of is a good idea or that you can solve every problem, you know, that's usually the start down this path of, well, why isn't it happening faster? Why isn't it happening right now? But if you can take a step back and accept that you aren't in control of everything and accept that you probably don't have all of the ideas that need to be shared or you don't have all the answers and there's someone teaching you something every day, when you can really grip onto that truth that I'm going to learn something new tomorrow and it could be something that's going to help me to be better. I have improvement that I need to make. And when you can hold on to that and, and accept that as a truth, it helps to guard you against this instant gratification. I should get it right now. I deserve it. I worked hard last week, so why didn't I get the bonus? Well, last week, how about try working hard for the last two or three years? And then, you know, let's talk. But it's hard to have that mindset when you're, you're very focused on how grandiose and wonderful your efforts are. I think that's powerful. The, the word humility. Um, I, I think all, all business owners need to hear that, that that's a powerful term. And, and a lot of times ego, ego can get in the way of that. And that could be, be to our demise. I, I want to focus in on something you'd mentioned um, just a few minutes ago, and that was having the right people around you. And, and you included your family and you included the people that you work with. Tell me how important it is for a small business owner to surround themselves with the right people, especially in our world today. Well, it's incredibly important. And I think it's worth it to think about what is the definition of right? Who are the right people? Because my right people probably won't be the same people for somebody else. You know, we all have our predispositions and our things that we value and that we naturally gravitate toward. And, and there are people that we're going to mesh with better. You know, uh, there, there's a reason that you say there's, there's one soulmate out there for you, you know, 
But the point is that there is a soulmate. And it's the same thing with professional partnerships. You know, with all of the thousands of people that I've shaken hands with, some of those professional partners have become more than just colleagues. They've become people I really trust, people that I rely on. And, you know, when you surround yourself with the right people, it truly lifts you up and it gets you through the hard times. You know, no matter what, we're all going to have hard times. There's going to be challenges and some of them are going to be challenges that are beyond you, but they're probably not beyond you and your people. Together with the right team, you know, you're almost invulnerable. You know, with the right team, you can accomplish anything. And, you know, for me, I think that begins, that definition of right, it begins with integrity. I, I think that the very first step on the path of, well, who's the right people to be around me? It, it needs to be people that are, uh, you know, to a fault with their honesty, just really uh, super honest folks. Yeah, I think that's that's powerful. You know, integrity, and, and I would add, I would add, my word would be trust. Uh, you know, would be be very important. I want to I want to hone in on that a little bit more. You know, you you kind of nailed it with the right people. You know, what's what's the definition of that? Is the right person always going to be in agreement with you, or should you surround yourself with people that can challenge you? Well, I think that if you've got a group of people around you that always agree with you, then you're not going to be able to overcome the big difficulties that are bound to happen as you go through business and go through life. You really need to be able to hear each other's different perspectives and appreciate each other's different perspectives. If you've got two, three, five, a hundred people, and really they all have the same idea or they all have the same approach, nobody's offering a difference of opinion, there's no friction to help you sharpen your knives, then you, you can't expect that to be the kind of team that is gonna do incredible things over the long haul. It's not that it'll be a failure of a team. It's just that when the going gets tough, the team that is filled with, you know, homogenous ideas and nobody's really giving a voice to something different, well, they won't have the the perspective that's necessary to get through that tough time. Yeah, and you see that a lot happen in businesses that, you know, they hire and they form this team where where everybody gets along. Um, there are no ideas, and and maybe you know it's like a flash in the the frying pan. They're they're off and running and and doing great things. And like you said, inevitably, there's going to be a challenge that comes up um, that the the team's going to have to face. And and being able to have those people that can bring the the ideas that you know might you might not necessarily agree with or you know you you've got to be open to it and and be able to evaluate their perspective you know maybe you're looking at it wrong um you know i think that's really powerful what you just shared um in team building so if you're listening on this on this call and you're looking at building a team make sure you've got the right people the the people of integrity the people that you can trust uh the the people that will challenge you in the times uh, that need to be be challenged uh, so that you can overcome together. So before we jump into, I want to talk about growth financially. Is there is there one piece of advice that you give a small business owner today 
they're maybe sitting there listening to the podcast in their car and they're thinking, I just don't know where to start with growth. Well, financially speaking, I have uh, written two books and the latest one from McGraw Hill, it's focused on how do you work with Wall Street to your advantage? And, and I would say, if you are in the car listening to this, check out that book called Outsmart the Money Magicians. And the reason that I would say that is not just because I'm wanting to mention the book and help to get the book sold, but it's also because that is the culmination of my you know, almost 25 years of being in Wall Street, doing financial advising and leading financial advisors. And I'm sharing, I'm pulling back the curtain and sharing the, the tricks that people are constantly being, uh, you know, really deceived by. And it affects all of us. Everybody is affected by these things because they're not evil and, and bad, you know, scenarios. They're systemic flaws. They're, they're things that the system is set up a certain way. And if you just could see through it, then you wouldn't do the things that you typically do. And it's an enormous first step in the right direction is to get that kind of education so that you can see through those illusions and not be tricked anymore. And after you've read that, then you would save differently. You would invest differently. You would interact with your financial advisor differently. And, uh, and those are all improvements. That's, it's a major growth. I guess to make that a little bit more uh, less about me and my book, Outsmart the Money Magicians, I guess I'd also say that a great first step would be just pick up that financial book you've been waiting to read and read it because that education is just going to keep paying those dividends, real improvement, because you're going to change your perspective and you'll be with a different perspective. You'll interact with the world in a different way. You'll move through this universe in a different way. And you know, it's all because of the new knowledge, the improvement that you got from reading that book. So don't keep putting it off. Read it. You know, set aside time each day for that professional development and read. Absolutely. That's that's one of the big things that I share um, in, in my world is is readers or leaders are readers. And so picking up that book, there's so much knowledge that's out there uh, that just awaits you. And and to be able to pick up a book, if you write 10 10 pages a day of, of a book, you could read over 2000 books in your lifetime, uh, which is just a lot, a lot of knowledge. Now I'm going to encourage them. I know you said, you know, we're not going to talk about your book, but outsmart the money magicians. I'm going to encourage you if you're sitting there in your car today, or you're listening to this podcast on a lunch break is, is to go, go pick up that book. Why would you not want to take years and years of experience and now be able to use it as a as a weapon to go out there and and make make more for for you for your family for those that you love and support. Um, what what's step one? So after they get the book, they read the book. What's the what's the next step? Maybe they don't have a financial advisor. What what do they do? Well, if they've picked up the book and they've read it, I suspect the very first step they'll take would be to change their account structure. You don't need to hire the advisor first thing. 
certainly that would be a step later on. But uh, the first thing that they probably want to do is to stop putting money into their checking account. Everyone listening to this podcast, what you're doing is you're getting paid in some way. Maybe it's uh, as an employee somewhere or you're the business owner and you're taking a, uh, you know, a distribution from the company. But that money, usually it goes into your checking account. This is what Americans do. And it's terribly flawed. Our, uh, our finance industry has uh, guided us to this with the phrase, set it and forget it, or pay yourself first. Those are phrases that they are really illusions. The idea that most people are laboring under is, I put all my money into my checking account, it's my operating account, and then the first bill that I pay is the savings to me. You know, Maybe I'm saving 500 a month or 1,000 a month or whatever it is, and that goes to savings. I set it and forget it, so I know I'm saving. But the problem with that is that nobody's life, whether you're a salaried employee or a business owner with a lot of variety, nobody's life is just a robotic, endless circle of loops that are always the same, and you always get the same amount of money every two weeks. We're all getting bonuses. We're all getting promotions. We're all doing garage sales or putting something on eBay, or our parents give us a you know, money for Christmas. The point is that there's lots of money changes that happen. And our set it and forget it mentality, it guides us to see the world as a consumer. Hey, there's money in my checking account. I can use that money. I've already saved. I put money in the 401k and I paid myself first. I, I sent it to savings. So everything else is available. And what happens is on the trajectory in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you just slowly get more luxurious items in your life. Your house, it changes. This is the typical American setup now, right? Is that the people, American dream? Yeah, is that people move to the bigger house. Now they're in the McMansion. They have, you know, multiple air conditioners for this huge home. And, you know, this is the path they're on. And the and the whole reason that that occurs, this consumer mentality happens because of set it and forget it, and you're putting all your money into checking. It's so easy to turn that on its ear and flip it around because what you do is you just as a, uh, you know, as a husband or wife, you talk to your partner or as a single person, you just make this decision right this second, all money that comes into our lives goes to savings, no matter what. When I, when I go tomorrow to work, I'm going to tell my HR department, I need to change my direct deposit because everything that I ever get, it all goes into the savings account. And then the real definition of set it and forget it, you set your lifestyle. So you think through, okay, well, how much do I need to pay my bills? What's the amount that I need to, to have for my lifestyle? And then that comes out of your savings with an automatic, the bank can do this automatically. You just set it up and every month or twice a month, you get that set amount for your lifestyle to go into your checking account. And you've done an amazing bit of magic here because now any fluctuation in your pay, the bonus, the money from the garage sale, the, the pay raise, any fluctuation in pay is automatically captured in savings. And your savings account starts growing, 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 and your lifestyle, the only way your lifestyle changes and goes up is if you purposefully go in and change the amount that you're sending to yourself on a monthly basis. 
And uh, this is so powerful. It's the right way to do it. And I think that would be the first step that anyone who's read Outsmart the Money Magicians, that's the first step they would take. I think that's that's really powerful because we are in a, a very consumer consumer driven and and some of the things you shared, you know, I, I heard that from from my father, my grandfather is like, you know, put it put it into put it in your check, get it to the bank, you know, and it, you know, I I see it um, even clearer now after you explain that is how consumer driven we are and how dangerous that can that can be and and it's I heard a stat a couple of months ago, I don't know how accurate it is, is that, you know, most people don't even have more than about $400 in emergency cash that they can go to. Have you heard anything like that? Oh, sure. There's lots of uh, wonderful statistics that are kept by various groups. One of them I like a lot because they're very good at making it information that's digestible for anyone. And that's NerdWallet. They've quoted me a number of times over the years and if you check out NerdWallet, you can get good stats about, you know, this very thing, how much debt people have on credit cards on average in America. And it's a it's an astonishingly high amount of money. And then the opposite is how much do they have saved up if something bad happens? And it's an astonishingly low amount of money. And it all is stemmed from this original setup, the setup of the money comes into checking. That's my operating account. That's what I use to spend. I'm going to spend it. But if we just ch change that, just make make it so that your checking account is protected. Nothing can get into your checking account. Nothing except for what you have decided needs to go in there on a monthly basis to take care of your bills and have the life that you want to lead. You know, you decide that level of lifestyle. But once you've decided it, everything else is saved. Yeah, this is really powerful. And and there's a lot of small business owners that need to hear this today. Yeah, you know, as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking about our public education system and where they've failed. Um, you know, you talk about having the money and then going and spending it. That's that's like my daughter, you know, doing babysitting and being next thing you know, she's like, I'm going to Lululemon and and uh buying a $50 pair of shorts. Um, you know, it comes in, goes out, right? Is, is, do you think there's something that could be done maybe to get more to the root of this with, especially like our public education system, you know, teaching, teaching our, the next generation, how to deal with money. Is that, is that something that some of these small business owners that may also be parents can, can start, you know, teaching to their children? Yes, I do think there's something that can be done, and it's uh, one of the things that I address in the book, Outsmart the Money Magicians, and that is that we have to communicate to our loved ones, especially parents to children, but we have to communicate to our communities, to our neighbors, to, to, to really to the people that, that are in our lives. We have to communicate that we know that when we see something expensive, like that Mercedes Benz or that bigger house or those, you know, fancy Lulu lemon uh, shorts. You know, when we see that, we know that it means you used to have money. You don't have that money anymore. And so you're displaying not the proof of wealth, but you're displaying the proof that you gave your wealth away. You don't have that wealth anymore. It's no longer yours because you traded it in 
for a pair of shorts, for a car that's just going to you know go down in value, and so on and so forth. We need to communicate that more so that we can help to influence this, uh, you know, keeping up with the Joneses culture that a lot of people in America are faced with. You know, once we start saying it regularly that, you know, I, I wouldn't want to buy that very expensive thing because I'd rather hold on to my hard-won wealth. Once we start really having those conversations, then we can we can begin to to praise the folks that you know they're they're not living high on the hog they're living low on the hog you know they're not living above their means they're living beneath their means and and we can admire them and they can get the uh the praise and the recognition they deserve but right now for some reason you know the person with the private jet who's terribly in debt and should never get any praise they're the ones that you know we're you know, we're, we're giving attention to, and we need to change that, turn it around. It's a matter of values. And I think it's, uh, it's, it comes from discussions, you know, sit around the dinner table at night each night and just make sure you're talking about stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's important. The important thing, I think it's gotta be, it's gotta be conversations and it's gotta be intentional conversations and, and you're right. It, it comes down to values and, you know, the values of the world, you know, versus the values, not of this world. And, um, you know, it's, it's important, I think, to have those conversations. I'm, I'm on today with Chris Mansky. He's the owner and founder of Mansky Wealth Management. Um, he's also the author of The Prepared Investor. And you've heard multiple times on this show today, Outsmart the Money Magicians. Uh, it's a book that you should be picking up. Chris, somebody's listening on the show today and they want to be able to connect with you uh, to learn more, uh, maybe even about some of your services that you offer with Mansky Wealth Management, how how can people connect with you? Well, it's real easy to do a, a Google search and find us, manskywealth.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook. And, you know, that's uh, M-A-N-S-K-E, really easy to, to, you know, get connected with us. And if, uh, if you're wanting to see more about my writing, uh, you could Google the names of the books, uh, but there's also links to the books uh, in our different social medias and things. So it's easy to find those things. My last name, Mansky, isn't super common. So I'm usually at the top of the list if you put in uh, that into Google. Yeah, I think I, when when I saw the name, I was, it just made me immediately think of a Mansky role. Um, oh, but... yeah, that's, that's a true Texan there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gills Broiler, San Marcos, Texas, my hometown, the, the best. Um, real quick, uh, where do they find that book? Uh, anywhere books are sold, but it's a McGraw-Hill published book, so it's not a self-published book, which I think is important in these days to, you know, give the distinction. You know, McGraw-Hill is known for education, and, you know, they, uh, you know, they published this with the idea that it would help to change the zeitgeist surrounding Wall Street and finance and how the IRS, uh, you know, creates legislation and regulation for us as a nation and hopefully we can make some changes. We can improve things. So really, wherever books are sold, the easiest place, of course, is Amazon. Great. Well, Chris, thank you for being on the show again today. I know those are, that are listening, uh, they're gonna. There's several nuggets that were shared today. Uh, go go pick up his book, Outsmart the Money Magicians, and uh, start reading that today. I, I think it's gonna gonna change your life. Uh, just from what I heard today, it sounds like it's gonna be a, a big game changer out there. So thank you again, Chris. Thank you.
All right, until next time, onward and upward. Thank you for listening to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. If you heard something that made a difference in your life today, share it with someone that might benefit and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Learn more about the host of this podcast and coaching services offered by Red Hawk Coaching by visiting www.redhawkcoaching.com.